What newly signed running back might threaten the incumbent starters draft capital? Who is the correct Tampa wideout to get on your FFPC teams this season? And is there a second-year tight end that best ball drafters are selecting much too high in March? Plus, a 2020 league champion in the Football Guys Players Championship in the FFPC best ball format and high-stakes FFPC Dynasty League's Chris Kearney will get a chance to plant his flag on Nikhil Harry, Zach Ertz, and many more players. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesser. Make out of the lesser. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs listening this evening or whenever you're downloading the podcast later. We certainly appreciate you making the decision to listen to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the Season 9 finale, and it is presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, he is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, how is everything going on uh, in Louisville, Kentucky this evening? Louisville, Kentucky, Balky, is the place to be this evening. It's a beautiful 60 degrees. We had nothing but sun today. We have three uh, drafts in the KFF. Nope, one of them's just closed. We have two best ball drafts going on in the KFFSC. You guys are getting excited uh, about drafting early in uh, in front of Sunday's uh, Monday start of NFL free agency. I uh, I just completed my first Kentucky best ball um, earlier this afternoon actually, and um, didn't plan in uh, didn't go into it planning on drafting a lot of rookies. Farrell, I think I ended up with six, <laughs> and I did a KFFSC classic earlier this week, twenty rounds, and I got five rookies on my team there, so I will be glued to the faux combine to all the pro days and to everything that is being said about the rookies because I am highly invested in that uh, rookie class coming into the NFL this season. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to break down the Ravens backfield and then Chris Kearney will uh, not only talk about how he won multiple titles in numerous FFPC formats last season, but he'll give us his thoughts on a lot of his drafts that he has already done and is continuing to do in the FFPC right now. Plus, more on Rashad Penny, more on Nikhil Harry, and many more players in his FFPC best ball drafts right now. Shout out to the chat room. We've got an all-star murderer's row in there. Among them, two Packer, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, Waskai, Hudson Reed is in there right now. I uh, uh, beg your pardon, Hudson Reed, um, all hanging out in the chat room. 
Very excited uh, to hear what those luminaries have to say about tonight's guest and tonight's show. Uh, they can post their questions that they might have right in the chat room. But if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. And, of course, if you want to jump into the KFFSC, go to KFFSC.com. There is um, a best ball uh, draft master that is, just has four spots left to go, and that will uh, be a six-hour slow timer. That will go off as soon as it is full. So go ahead and fill that up. Plenty of classic action going on in there right now. Facebook.com slash HSFF is where to reach us. And if you want to chime in and give us a call, feel free. Our number is 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do have any fantasy football questions or just questions about life in general, we'll try to get to those all on the show tonight. Um, our producer and uh, mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer, and my best friend Bryce will get those questions over to me so Farrell and I can tackle them, and as well as Chris Kearney, if you have any questions for him as well. Um, so a couple of housekeeping notes right away, and we have an announcement about the show uh, coming up the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to save that for the end of the program. But uh, I, as far as the FFPC goes, the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship is live. Remember, you can sign up for that. Get your early bird discount. If you sign up before June 30th, if you draft before July 15th, boom, free $35 credit to your FFPC account. And two six-figure grand prizes going on in that. $500,000 for first, $100,000 for second. 350 bucks to enter. You don't even have to win the whole thing. You get $100,000. It's insane. Best ball drafts are open, including the $5 Cinco de Best Balls at myffpc.com. You can draft a 28-round team for just $5. And, of course, plenty of Dynasty Orphans. Great deals. I mean, some as low as a dollar. Really good stuff there. Um, myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. Or if you want to get involved in Dynasty startup drafts, myffpc.com slash Dynasty. There is a live draft, a live 60-second uh, Dynasty startup going off on Sunday evening. Yours truly will be online commissioning that. Look forward to seeing you in there. Um, so it's plenty of options available right now, not only at myffpc.com, but also kffsc.com. All right, let's get to the fantasy flash, ladies and gentlemen. want to thank Football Guys, Draft Sharks, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's fantasy flash. Kick things off with the big news that um, we all heard sort of when we were having breakfast this morning. Cam Newton is back. With the New England Patriots, it is a one-year contract. It is worth around $14 million, according to Jim McBride on Twitter. Now, it's interesting because Cam Newton made just over a million dollars last year and you know, got off to a pretty good start, but the remainder of the season was pretty bad. Um, and it wasn't all his fault either. You know, He had to learn a new offense and an off-season program that, that was all, essentially all virtual. And um, he came down with COVID, tested positive for the coronavirus, and said he never really recovered from it and uh, said he was thinking too much and just wasn't reacting. You look at um, how Bill Belichick and the Patriots have treated Cam Newton this offseason, Farrell. He's had nothing but great things to say about Cam Newton. Eight touchdown passes in 15 games. He did throw 10 picks as well. you got to believe that New England wants to be in business with a new quarterback. But you look at Cam Newton as far as where he is going in FFPC best ball. Now, this is over the last seven days, so this is obviously going to change um, as we go forward now that we know he has a job for 2021. QB 35 in the 21st round, Farrell, where does he go for you? Is he a top 15 option at quarterback this year? 
And not yet, and that's only because I like the other quarterbacks so very, very much. But he'll work his way up there. And you can make a legitimate argument for him. My pal Fenton drafting in one of our drafts uh, picked him up the day before he signed. Fenton must have known something. You know, it's a it's a situation <laughs> where um, why not? This this makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, you you uh, reported it correctly as a bridge quarterback. He will be the bridge to the rookie that they will draft. And there's a lot of talk about Garoppolo. A draft and switch, bring Garoppolo back. There's a lot of intrigue going on about these drafts. You know, we spoke a little bit um, last week about Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, and, you know, he's physically unimposing, and a lot of people question his college career. And I think back to the last time the Patriots had a quarterback that was physically unimposing, and people questioned his college career. And it worked out pretty good for everybody, so. You know, maybe it does. And that guy is gunning for Super Bowl number eight. So clearly the Patriots knew they had something there. We'll see what they do this year in the NFL draft. Uh, News out of Texas, uh, specifically Houston. It seems like we get new news out of Houston seemingly every day. Not always good news, but it is good news for Mark Ingram because he is employed now by the Houston Texans. It is a one-year deal, according to Adam Schefter, uh, that, uh, his tweet that he put out today. Now, the deal is worth up to $3 million with incentives. You remember Baltimore actually cut Mark Ingram about two months ago. Uh, and then the Texans, I believe it was about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, roughly, um, they restructured David Johnson's contract, and they made that sort of incentive-laden as well. So you have um, two guys who you know, probably are past their primes right now, but two veteran guys who know how to get it done. Clearly, um, to me, Ingram is the backup to David Johnson. Now, he doesn't have the pass-catching chops that Johnson has. However, he um, is, um, uh, you know, he's average there. I mean, he'll get it done. He's just not going to blow you away with with any of his skills out of the backfield. So I guess, Farrell, the the question here is for for FFPC drafts, if you want to lock up the Texans' backfield, I guess you could go with Johnson and Ingram. I don't know how high of a ceiling that is. But to me, Ingram is a standalone guy. If you don't get Johnson, not much value in that, especially drafting in March. People would like to say that and believe that. He's a player that's going to run angry and feels he has something to prove. And I, I like his personality in that aspect. In 2019, uh, Balky, this a 1,000-yard rusher with 10 touchdowns. And just because John Harbaugh decides a player can no longer play – that gets my attention because I think he's wrong more than right. And I don't think anyone in a uh, uh, best ball format should turn their nose up to a player like Mark Ingram. So uh, by all means, get him on your team. Yeah, I'm just looking at this right now. Again, we want to thank fantasymojo.com. Darren Armani, who runs that, gets all the great FFPC uh, ADP data. Again, this signing just happened today, so Ingram's value will spike, but 23rd round is running back 67. You got to believe he's going to be in the top 40. Farrell, would you draft him as a top 30 running back this year, or is that too high? Well, you know, I'm looking for running backs to draft in the last five and six rounds, and I can't find that many. Uh, Todd Gurley going (laughs) off at about the 14th round. He doesn't even have a home. So um, especially if I have, uh, especially if I have Johnson and, and, you know, if you're going to go with rookies as opposed to some of these tried and true veterans that may, that you might find a reason to start in this coming season. uh, I think in in going back to the way you handled it, Balky, and talked at the beginning of the show, 
You've got the right idea. Don't try to guess which two, which one is going to is going to be able to help you. Go out and get a Duke's mixture of rookies, and uh, you'll probably become a champion because in this year, two or three of them are going to have the opportunity to show something. And uh, but you know these guys are on a one-year contract. They want to stay in the league. Ingram is like that. Players we talked about last week. It's a very, very interesting year. A very good year to get in business with veteran players who are brought in to play a role with the team. You don't know when that role might expand. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I I think for me too, Farrell, when you talk about running backs late, um, I don't know a whole lot about this year's rookie class yet. Um, I'm, I'm still learning as, as – well, you probably are a little bit further advanced than I am in, in regards to that. But I, I'll, I'll be willing to take chances on, on a lot of running backs late uh, that are rookies just to see what happens. You know, I, I, I go back to – not that this guy's a running back, but I go back to your guy from last year, Chase Claypool, in the FFPC best ball draft. The 26th, 27th round pick, and look what he did. And, and I think there's that potential again this year um, for, for plenty of rookies uh, as well. I want to keep the um, focus of the conversation here in Houston because the Texans restructured Brandon Cooks' contract, this according to Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Now, the Texans have restructured his cap hit to $6.5 million. He's 27 years old. Years old. He will be with the team for 2021. Now, Will Fuller is a free agent. If Will Fuller somehow gets away, Cooks would probably be the de facto number one there. Will he be catching passes from Deshaun Watson? We don't exactly know that yet. Will Fuller being drafted as wide receiver 34 in the 808 spot. Brandon Cooks in the FFPC uh, best ball drafts over the last seven days is going as wide receiver 40 at the 1002. Farrell, given the fact that Cooks technically could be the number one there this season um, and still technically could be take, catching passes from Deshaun Watson. Is he a guy worth gambling on at that nine ten turn for you? I think so this year. You know, with, with Watson, uh, the Watson-Cooks duo certainly revitalized uh, Cook's career and did it especially from week 10 on in the league, Balky. Three games over 140 yards, Two of them in the 160, 45 catches from uh, from week 10 on. And, and if people want to talk about the fact that Houston's a really, really bad football team. And, you know, they were a really, really bad football team last year. Let's not make any mistake. But they've got some talent in that front office. And Nick Casario, he's not going to talk a lot about about – his skill set. He's a he's a back room kind of guy, but he can make things happen. I hope he gets his quarterback situation figured out. But anyone that wants to follow this on a daily basis is in for the greatest gift, Balky, that you could possibly have with the Houston Texans. I'm glad you brought him up tonight because I think we ought to remind everybody that plays in the FFPC that that John McClain is the most entertaining throwback sports writer in all of football. Uh, and, and I read him consistently and he will be, he will be in, in all the social media and you can listen to him and get him on the NFL network. You can get clips, but what you really, really need to do is read his articles because the Houston Chronicle still gives him uh, a half page, which is uh, unusual in the, uh, in the football business right now, but he will, he will tell you his opinion, and he'll tell you when he's wrong, 
and uh, he'll tell you when he thinks he's right. But no matter what the outcome is, it's interesting and will give you insight to these players. And he's all on Cooks. He, he's he's a real Cooks fan, and it's interesting because we just talked about Ingram. Ingram perhaps goes down there and rejuvenates his career. Cooks has done it. David Johnson has found a place. Uh, these these guys are professional players. They're going to put they're, they're going to put a nice effort on the team, and they'll pay dividends for fantasy players. But but uh, yeah, McLean is a, a great way to entertain yourself and to stay abreast of what you should do with these uh, with these Texan players. I'm with you. John McClain knows his stuff. He's been covering the Texans for forever, you know, and, and if you are not entertained by his articles, feel free to check out his movies. Who can forget his performance at Nakatomi Plaza, but roughly 30 years ago in Los Angeles. And obviously the big rescue at the airport, the guy's been around the block. Uh, he, he definitely knows how to get it done, whether it's covering the NFL or um, foiling a terrorist plot, no matter where, if it's uh, in our country or abroad. Well, we have Chris Kearney coming up in just one minute here, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to tell us all about his big victories in uh, 2020, as well as who he's been targeting and staying away from so far in his FFPC best ball drafts this season. The last thing I want to get to, I said we'd talk about the Ravens' backfield, and according to BaltimoreRavens.com, the Ravens have tendered uh, restricted free agent running back Gus Edwards. Now, Eric DeCosta, who is the GM, said, quote, Gus is going to be on the team one way or the other. He played his butt off this year, and he had a good season for us. Now, he was not tendered at the original round. He was tendered at a second-round uh, pick level. So you know he's going to be on the roster because he's going to give up a second-round pick for Gus Edwards. Um, now, th- apparently Baltimore and Gus Edwards are trying to work on an extension. So this doesn't seem like it's a 2021 thing. This looks like it's a 2021 thing and beyond. Baltimore runs the ball more than anybody else uh, this side of Seattle for sure. Uh, he averaged 10.5 PPR points after the week seven bye when Mark Ingram essentially was, was put on the bench in favor of Edwards and Dobbins. You look at where he's going in best ball drafts right now in the FFPC, and he is fairly cheap. You're looking at uh, Gus Edwards uh, basically going as running back 45, not till the end of the 12th round. Farrell Obviously, if you get Dobbins, Gus Edwards is a no-brainer that late. But what about Gus Edwards just as a standalone potential um, a guy who could stand out if Dobbins goes down? Is he a guy that you'd be looking at grabbing at that spot? Um, in best ball, if I want to stack the Ravens, uh, sure. Uh, not at the 12 spot, though, so I would probably lose him. Uh, 10.5 fantasy points, uh, okay. If that's what you need, that's what he'll get you. Uh, if you need 15, he'll he'll also get you 10.5. I see a very very low ceiling here, and I see a situation that um, that that this could be just wishful thinking on drafters' part. So he's a very very good football player, uh, NFL player. I don't think he's going to help us much in fantasy. Well, let me tell you about a very, very good fantasy football player who will help us quite a bit in fantasy. He is tonight's guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Just to give you a little bit of background on him, he joined the FFPC four years ago with just one dynasty team, did a handful of best balls every year Every year since. However, last year he got into best ball a lot more, and he won eight best ball leagues last year. He also came away with an FFPC Dynasty title and managed one of his Football Guys Players Championship League champions into the championship round of that event as well. He joins us tonight to talk about who he's uh, trying to target, who he's fading in his 2021 FFPC Best Ball League so far that he's already been drafting in. 
please welcome onto the show. It is Chris Kearney. Chris, thanks for hopping aboard tonight, man. Hey, what's happening, guys? I'm happy to be here talking some fantasy. Uh, you know, I don't really get to talk a lot of fantasy. Seems like every time I do, whoever I'm talking to kind of thinks I'm a psycho. Not a lot of the normal people drafting now in March, is there? <laughs> so this is a good question for you, Chris, to, to lead things off, because last year you obviously drafted a lot more best balls than you had previously. Were you also drafting super early last year as well? Uh, I, I was, but I, I did like one a, one a month, which I thought was a lot, but, you know. Now uh, it's not? I did like... <laughs> Well, no, I, I figure I figure I'll, I'll I'll jump on board and do do a bunch real real early, and uh, I figure like more once these football guys tournament drafts start, what, what is it May second? Figure once yeah. they start, I'll already be in mid season form, so everyone else is warming up, and uh, maybe I'll have a leg up. That's a theory, yeah, at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a solid theory, and I think we've seen a lot of success uh, of people who have invested in that theory in the past. So, wish you nothing but the best there. Before we talk fantasy football, Chris, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living? Oh well, I'm not the the typical guest on here. I'm like, no, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything. I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I make my money the old-fashioned way. I, I'm, uh, I, I fix garage doors. <laughs> An overhead door guy. I love and, it. An overhead door guy. guy. <laughs> this, this, yep, is, this is great. Oh, yeah. That's what happens when you don't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, well, listen, that, that is really, really good because um, to know that, um, I have uh, – I moved in my home in 1990, and the garage door has quit functioning early in 91. And uh, so, you know, and, and – and and I didn't drop out of college. I stayed the whole six or seven years. I can't remember. But the um, you know, <laughs> Doctor, you, you sound like a guy. You sound like a guy who's in midseason form um, all the time. Balky informed me a little bit that you know you you had a little success when you got it started over the first couple of years. But we were talking about you and what I what really impressed me about you besides the fact that you want to talk fantasy football now Balky will give you my phone number you call me we'll talk fantasy football anytime (laughs) all right but the uh um you know when a lot of people were hesitant to get involved with fantasy football when a lot of people were discussing oh it's too much uncertainty which as as someone who runs a contest you can imagine how crazy uh, that made me because it came from a lot of uh, it, it came from a lot of very passionate players, and I would try to communicate with them that they you did not need to live in fear, and you sir did not live in fear. You rolled into this year by picking up your game and picking up the pace, and it really paid off and rewarded and rewarded you uh, very very. Um, bountifully. So how would you, why did you stay so, why was 2020 your heavy year of fantasy football? Uh, well, I guess, I guess because I just, you know, I, I was just doing the best balls for fun. Um, and I guess I, you know, I, I, I knew I was just learning and then I, I won one. So I guess I got a little confident just from winning that one. So last year I figured I, you know, hey, I won one, I guess I could win more. So I, so I did and, uh, you see, the goal has always been to, to, to get in the football guys tournament, too. But I figured if you can't win a $35 best ball, you're kind of wasting your money getting in the tournament, right? 
So, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you get a few years practice in there, and, uh, and now the goal is to, to, you know, place in the tournament. And maybe right. hopefully in the future get there and be uh, the main event. One of the uh, things we, we we wanted to bring on uh, bring you on the show tonight, Chris, is, is because you have been in you know the better part of two dozen drafts and so on and so forth um, so far in 2021. And I do want to ask you specifically about some players that you may or may not have on your teams. We'll get into that. Um, we'll go to the Pacific Northwest first. Chris Carson was not franchise tagged by Seattle. He's a free agent. So you look at what the the, the rest of the running back stable in Seattle. And you have former first-round pick Rashad Penny there, who hasn't lived, you know, lived up to expectations. He obviously had a pretty significant injury as well. Is 2021 the year of Rashad Penny, in your opinion? You know, I, I think it is. I, I've, I've been, I bet on that last year. I made one dynasty trade, which I kind of got made fun of for. Uh, and uh, this year, yeah, in these best balls, I've been, I've been taking them in the what the 11, 12th round. Sometimes a little bit later than that. Um, Chris Carson is going in what, like the fifth or sixth round? But, you know, everybody knew that Carson was a free agent at the end of this year. Penny was the first round pick. You know, Pete Carroll, he said it in public that he wants to run the ball. Penny, you know, he's on a contract year. You know, he wants to get paid. I think he's going to get fed. Um, I expect the ADP to rise up dramatically now that Carson hasn't been signed. But um, I, I still think I'm going to be on board with Penny. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that he finally get his opportunity in Seattle. And I've always yeah. wanted to see Carson break free and see what he could do uh, somewhere else. How many of the thirty-five dollar best balls have you played already here in twenty twenty? Uh, I just I guess thirty probably. Yeah, I'm way behind you. I, but many for me, <laughs> six or eight. One of the things that, and I've enjoyed them. I, I think they're making me a better player. At least I hope they are. Uh, one of the one of the things I've noticed and that I have considered uh, to be a bargain, and I wonder if you've seen this, and I wonder if you're using these players. But uh, stacking up uh, uh, Tampa Bucks ha- has not been a difficult thing to do. Uh, I've got multiple teams of Bucks players. I'm I'm, I'm wondering. You know, did people back on February 7th, have they already forgotten the game? Did they watch the game? Did they see the Bucks <laughs> beat the Chiefs 31-9? to 9? You know, Gronkowski, who's on again, off again, the perfect for best ball player at tight end, is, is you know, lasting until the 12th or 13th round. Do you see these guys as bargains? Are you are you targeting them in the draft? And, and do you think those are – do you think that's going to change as we move closer to the year or – you know, I'm just surprised that I can consistently get these players where I'm very happy to spend the draft capital to get them. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I think it's surprising with a couple of them. Like Antonio Brown, most of all, because I guess I agree that Evans and Godwin, you know, I'd rather them on my team, but they're going in like the fourth, and you could get Antonio Brown in like the 11th and 12th. I mean, I'm not positive that he's the third best receiver on the team. I mean, he is Antonio Brown. The reason why he's not like a first – he was a first-round pick like three years ago until he went crazy. Obviously, right. Tom Brady likes him. Yeah, what, he threw one touchdown pass in his one game with Brady on the Patriots. He missed eight games last year. Tom Brady's team the only team that wanted him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he starts out slow. His last game in the Super Bowl, he scored a touchdown. Um, Tom Brady, I, I want Tom Brady on my team too. I'm not giving up on him until he, until he stops. I'm, I'm, 
I was ready to give up on him just like everybody else. What, like eight years ago? So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm staying with him. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll still draft uh, the other guys. I'll still draft Evans. I'll still draft Godwin. And I, I like Ronald Jones, too. Yeah. I guess it's no guarantee he's going to be the running back there, but he's going to the seventh round. And, and if he ends up being the running back there, that's a bargain, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing I'm willing to chance that. I, yeah, I, I was in a draft with you, actually, when you, you, you stacked up on the Bucks. Yeah, you, so you saw me making my second-place run, Dan. Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Dr. Hopefully. Chris Kearney, a 2020 champion in the Football Guys Players Championship, best ball leagues, as well as FFPC high-stakes uh, stakes dynasty leagues, and settling in for a showdown here with Farrell Elliott. Uh, in in 2021, no question, uh, with with the best ball league there and together. Um, as long as they're talking about Bucks, I'll just give the listeners an idea here. Mike Evans, wide receiver 12 at the 406. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 16 at the 411. And then you have Antonio Brown going um, all the way down uh, to wide receiver 48 at the 1210. This over the last seven days in FFPC best ball leagues. Um, let's talk about another receiver who was a mainstay, Chris, in in the first round. For the better part of his mm-hmm. NFL career, he is not going there anymore. In fact, A.J. Green has tumbled way down the list uh, in FFPC best ball uh, ADP. Wide receiver 85. You can get him at t- in the 24th round on average in best ball drafts right now. So are you of the opinion, like, look, this guy's done. It's fool's gold. You're wasting a pick if you take him in the 24th round. Or should FFPC drafters be giving this guy one more chance here this season? Well, it- if his ADP is 24th round, I, I guess I'm the one I'm probably holding it back because I'm taking him in like the 20th, I think. Because, I, I mean, I, he hasn't done You're anything in a few years. AJ so Green in the 20th round. <laughs> <laughs> He's AJ Green. What is he, 32 or something? I mean, he might be done. He hasn't done anything for for a few years, but I don't know. I, I could give him excuses for it. I mean, I, I and this year he's going to go to a team, somebody who wants him. Maybe he'll be healthy. And uh, whatever, 24th round ADP, yes, please. Give me A.J. Green, please. (laughs) (laughs) Take a little A.J. Green. You know, uh, he's played right up the road from my home here in Louisville, Kentucky for years, and and I I really would like to see him have a bounce-back season, but I I guess I don't expect it because – He's not on any of my teams so far, but I'm going to be gunning for you maybe in that 20th round. Here's uh, I don't like to ever write off an entire franchise in a fantasy draft, but I have found myself this year uh, being anti-Eagle. Uh, it's just and, – and I had a couple of these guys last year that, that I used, uh, but – but some of those aren't even being drafted. But, you know, this is the FFPC, so let's talk about the tight end position. Uh, everyone agrees that, uh, uh, that Zach Ertz will be, be headed elsewhere, and that opens up things for Dallas Goddard. So my first side of the question is, are you a Goddard guy, and do you think, given free reign on the position, that he has the skill set to move into the production of, say, a Hawkinson, a Fant. Um, in, in some ways, he might be right there with Fant, but I see a higher ceiling for him. Just where do you see Goddard? And then the, the second part of it is um, Ertz and some particular landing spots. You know, everyone around here wants to see him 
uh, with the Colts. There's been talk lately of the Packers, Seahawks, Bills, Bears. Everybody can talk about a player uh, and, and see that kind of player helping them. I don't ever see him going back to 116 catches uh, in 2018 uh, like he had in, in 18. But, you know, I'm just curious of, of, of what you share about these two tight ends because they are the two guys that, that represent to me the biggest mystery among tight ends right now in, in front of free agency. Yeah, it, it is a mystery. Is Zach Ertz, is, is he definitely not with the Eagles? He's still signed with the Eagles, right? That is 100% uh, that is, correct. He is under contract is. with the Eagles. In fact, um, oh, there, there's bad, been teams. Guys. I missed that one. You, yeah, no, they they um they're trying to uh they might be trying to move him, but as of right now he is a Philadelphia Eagle for the time being. Yeah, as David oh, Gurley, he's not in free agency. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. As uh, I guess who's who's the coach there? Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni would tell you Zach Ertz is our backup tight end right now. <laughs> will he will he remain that? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, it it seems like a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave. So um. If he does, you know, he, he's available in the double-digit rounds. You know, he's Zach Ertz. He's he's like 31 or something. He's, he's been a top three tight end forever. So he's going to go to a team, and I don't know, why wouldn't he be Zach Ertz again? Um, so, you know, I'm all over him in the double-digit rounds. But, I mean, Dallas Goddard, though, you know, he's – I'm really excited about him in the seventh round, um, especially in Philadelphia. Who do they have there? They got Rager. Who else? Uh, what's his name? The Andre Travis Fulgham. I mean, yep. if it's if it's just Rager, Fulgham, and, and Goddard there, you, you give me old Goddard and and and, and Ertz. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to be the man. He's not going to go to another team that has another Dallas Goddard on it. So well, um, see, I, I still. What's that? You're exactly right, and and I'm in a I'm in a situation where I'm so anti ego I don't even know who's on the roster <laughs> and who's a free agent. But you know, I do. Well, you don't, you don't I like Tangers. I, I do know they have a new quarterback, and that might – I haven't figured that out yet, and I'm not going to get to see him in much preseason. So I, I just I, – I don't know what my expectations are about Goddard, but you would take him in the seventh round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a few times. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy about okay. it too. Very good. You know, the other thing that Zach Ertz, just thinking about out loud here, guys, the, the, one of the things that he has going for him, he was never the physical specimen seam ripper, right? You know, no. he, was, he was never that type of tight end. What did he do well? Well, he had pretty reliable hands. He ran crisp routes. He um, didn't let you down blocking so he could be on the field a ton. And, and I feel like in, in the same vein of, of Jason Witten, this is the type, those are the type of skills that you can really extend careers with. And so wherever Zach Ertz goes, yeah, he's not going to light it up for you. But in the 10th round, as, as tight end 18 and FFPC right now, yeah, I think Ertz is a good buy for sure. Um, let's, yeah. I, I want to shift, uh, keep it on the East Coast, but I want to shift conferences and go over to uh, New England. Nikhil Harry was actually in the news this week, the former first-round pick out of Arizona State, as potentially being traded uh, to a new organization. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to gauge your, your um, analysis on on Harry here, uh, Chris, because I know you've drafted him a bunch this year. Um, how likely is it that a third-year breakout comes for the former first-rounder, whether it's in New England or whether it's somewhere else? Well, he is a former first-rounder, and he is going to be a third-year player. And I, I think that's still a thing, isn't it? Isn't a third-year breakout wide receiver something? I mean, yeah. I, I, 
I wasn't alone loving Nikhil Harry when he came out. Um, He's had injuries. He's had Cam Newton as a quarterback, who I love as a fantasy quarterback, but I don't love as my fantasy wide receivers quarterback. So, yeah, he's going to be in here. Hopefully he works on on some things in the offseason. And um, I I, I can see a third-year breakout. Like, I'm I'm not guaranteeing or anything, but I'm getting him in the last round now every time. Every time he's there in the 28th round. And it just seems crazy to me that nobody wants to take a chance on him. Just everybody just says, no, that's Laquan Treadwell. That's it. Case closed. And, you know, maybe they're right, but I don't know. I'm rolling them dice. It's a 28th rounder, though, right, Chris? Like, yeah. what's the risk? Exactly. you got to love <laughs> the risk I get this last year. Magic. you got to yeah. love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah it's always you, nice you to have someone break there. <laughs> well, you know, uh, as we get ready for these rookie drafts, uh, Balky is already ready. He's taking – all of these players, and and you know, I, I really think, I really, I really think, as any good Irishman staring down St. Patrick's Day, that you know, I've, I've got to be a little forthcoming with you. Uh, you know, we bury this question deep, you know, because after you've loosened up a little bit, and and you know, we've got to be talking, and and we we put this towards the end of the interview where, you know, we can. We can get you to come forward with sincerity and truthfulness. And, you know, if you're not sincere and if you're not truthful, Balky and the FFPC, there are ways that they test the veracity of what you have to say. But it, it comes down to this. We just really want to know your secrets. And, and, and <laughs> the secret that we want to know is amongst these rookies, uh, who are you going to line up for Dynasty? And then who have you been drafting in the best ball leagues. And, and we know the top, we, we think we know the top players. We can, we know that Pitts is the top tight end and Smith appears to be the darling of the wide receivers. And, and it's, it's easy. It's easy to understand that Lawrence is the quarterback. So I want to know where you're going to be with the rest of the rookie talent that's coming in and how deep are you going and, and yeah, and, and Chris, we want to know the truth. <laughs> well, here's the truth. I want to know if you're telling the truth. How come you're saying that Smith is the darling of the wide receiver class? I thought it was Chase. I like Chase. There you better. go. <laughs> wow, you're testing me there. <laughs> oh, those LSU Tigers will get in there every time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I sure did miss on on uh, uh, what's his name from last year. That you know, the wide receiver who crushed it last year. He was like the one Justin guy I was Jefferson. taking my stand on. Not to, yeah, Jefferson. Yeah, I paid for that yeah. one. But anyway, um, well, I love Javante Williams. I mean, I, I don't really watch college football, but at the end of the year, you know, I, I'll pop on like a highlight tape of everybody. You know, by the time the by the time the season starts, or by the time the draft starts, I like to watch most of the players, and I've already seen a bunch of him. And I don't know, that dude looks like a beast, and. Uh, I mean, he looks like he might be a first or second round pick, and 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 he's going like like a round after Etn and Harris, so I'm getting him a lot in the sixth round. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. Uh, a little later, you could get Trey Sermon. Um, you're getting him in like close to like the fifteenth round. He he looks big and strong. There's no guarantee he's going to be an early round pick. Um, so that might he might not have a lot of production, but he might pay off. Maybe maybe he gets a starting job somewhere. So I like those he two could. running backs. You know, it, I, I get into all of these drafts, and, and when I get light at a position, especially running back, I say to myself, well, 
I can get into free agency because there's going to be another James Robinson uh, <laughs> come to the forefront. And that's probably not the truth, but it, there always could be. So it's uh, you said people were making fun of you for making some trades in, uh, in Dynasty. Let me tell you, uh, general managers have been in this business for their entire career are made fun of daily for their trades and their draft picks. And, and you know, it, you, it sounds like based on where you are right now, uh, you're going to get a, just about as much right as they will and maybe more. So congratulations <laughs> to you. But, yeah, I appreciate you being – I appreciate you not throwing out any uh, throwing out any dead herrings for people to feast on there. Those are real guys that you gave us. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, I, I appreciate um, – yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Kearney is our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football uh, Football Hour, a multiple league winner in the FPC, FFPC Best Ball and FFPC Dynasty last year. Chris, a couple of emails that we uh, we do have time for tonight from some listeners. First one's from Willie in Gillette, Texas. Willie from Gillette. Uh, are you drafting any of the elite quarterbacks early this year or waiting until after 9 or 10 have gone off the board before you pick one. Thanks, Chris. That is Willie in Gillette, Texas. Willie, thank you for the email. So, you know, you, you think about Mahomes. You, you, you think about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson's up there, too. Um, how, how are you sort of handling the quarterback position, Chris? Have you been taking any of those elite guys early? You know, I, I usually don't. I, I've taken Lamar Jackson a few times in the fifth round. Um, oh, it's Lamar Jackson. He's always going in the second. He's just sitting there in the fifth. I don't know, because he didn't have a great first half. Um, I try not to, though. But this year is kind of tricky, though, because my strategy, I kind of want to be the last one to get a quarterback, but at the same time, I want three starting quarterbacks. I, I don't want any questions. I don't want to draft Ryan Fitzpatrick because, you know, he might find a job somewhere. No, I want three guys that are going to start. And that's kind of rough this year. So, like, you kind of have to – you might want to start taking your quarterbacks in round seven, eight, nine, just to guarantee that you don't have, you know, Jameis Winston, who might be awesome, or he might be, get you zero. So I'm going a little right. early this year, but no, I don't really like elite. I'll, 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 I'll think about it in the fifth. Um, Chris, uh, it's another, I guess it's not really a quarterback question, but it involves quarterbacks. Joe in Laurel, Maryland writes, with Prescott signed and seemingly healthy for the start of the season, should I be loading up on Cowboys and drafts again this year too? Joe, thank you for the email from Laurel, Maryland. I think about last year. Week three, week four, and everybody was was uh, taking their victory lap on on if they drafted Cooper or Gallup or Lamb or Elliott or Prescott. Mm-hmm. Everybody who loaded up on Cowboys looked like a genius. Then Prescott goes down with a bad injury in five or six, whatever week it was, and uh, those Cowboys teams went to pot. But if Prescott is healthy this year, and now that we know he's signed and he will be the quarterback. Are, are you loading up on Cowboys receivers and, and, and Cowboys skill position players in Dallas? Uh, you know what? I'm kind of treating it like Tampa Bay. Um, well, first of all, you know, I'm, they, they say that Dak is healthy or he's going to be healthy. I guess that's not a guarantee, so I'm not taking him. But uh, with, with the wide receiver situation, much like Tampa Bay, you got Lamb and you got Cooper who are both going in like the fourth round or something. Or you could wait and get Gallup around the Antonio Brown territory. I'll bet they're going back to back. I'll bet you they are in like the 12th round. Michael Gallup, yeah, he's probably not as good as those two, but he's pretty close. I'll, I'll take Gallup all the time. Yeah, it's crazy because you're – well, I mean, as far as back-to-back receivers go, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are back-to-back, 408 right now. Oh, they are. Receiver 13, 
and wide receiver 14. So Cooper and Lamb going right next to each other. Gallup is actually a little bit later. He's wide receiver 46 in the 11th round. And I'll tell you what, you know, if Cooper and, and Lamb are going that high and you only have to invest an 11th round pick in the Gallup who could could have standalone best ball value and will have massive value if either one of those guys go down and, and Prescott's healthy. Boy, I'm all over, uh, pre- uh, uh, beg your pardon, uh, Michael Gallup in the 11th round. Is that the guy, what Cowboys receiver have you targeted uh, so far this year, um, Chris? Who's the guy you've gotten the most shares of? Gallup. It, it's like right around the territory you're talking about. It's either Rashad Penny, Michael Gallup, or Antonio Brown. So, yeah, I, I love yeah, the Michael Gallup. It's good value. Yeah, it's nice. Yep. That is nice. Any more emails, Paul? No, it's all on to you, Farrell, for our favorite question of the night. It is our favorite question. And, uh, Chris, you'll recall you were sworn in on question eight, and you're still under oath for question ten. <laughs> so, the one the bottom. You know, I'm looking at the draft. I'm looking at the first 48 guys that, that are going off the board in the first four rounds. I really can't find any losers. I really can't find anybody that I just say I don't want to be in business with. And, and so I'm curious how far you have to go down in, in the rounds to find a guy that you just will not draft. And then I'd like to know, and I think you might have touched on it with Gallup, but I'd like to know where your sleeper is. And I'm not, I'm not looking for a deep sleeper from you. I'm, I'm looking for that mid-range sleeper because I think that's going to be an important guy. Um, and you seem well-versed on Dallas, so I'm going to also throw you one more question out here. Uh, the kid that came off the bench and played for Blake Jarwin Schultz was was impressive uh, last year. Uh, what does that do to Jarwin uh, this year? What kind of role do you foresee for Schultz? If, if uh, well, so. Jarwin got paid, didn't he? I mean, he, what would he tear his ACL? So I, I yes. expect Jarwin yep. to be back, and I expect him to be the you know be the tight end in Dallas, and, and Schultz to be the number two. Should make you know Schultz did do good, so maybe he'll get more targets. We already mentioned that Dallas has the three big time wide receivers, and they have uh, uh, what's you know the running back that gets a bunch of targets too. So even if Jarwin is the number one tight end, you know I, I don't love him. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take him in some best balls as like my third tight end, but you know I don't want him at, on my on my regular season teams. So he will not be – he will definitely then not be your sleeper. So tell me who that guy is that you just can't stand and that guy that's going to be your sleeper. <laughs> oh, man, well, I don't want to say I can't stand the guy, but uh, I'm, I'm not taking Michael Thomas. Just, to, you know, he, he had that, that crazy season a couple of years ago. Drew Brees obviously loved throwing to him. You know, it's – so even let, – let's say Drew Brees was the quarterback there. It's still kind of risky. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not, he's, it's still risky he's going to do it again there. And then, what, is Taysom Hill going to give him round two production? No, no way. So, I don't, I'm, I'm not taking Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, so, he's my guy. <laughs> and uh, so somebody who I do like, my sleeper pick, I guess Christian Kirk. Um, I haven't really been drafting him, but I've been thinking about mm-hmm. it. I, I guess I, I probably will start to start taking him. You know, he's a number two wide receiver in – and for the Cardinals, uh, you know, Nuke is the man, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Murray, Murray, you know, he's becoming an elite quarterback. You know, Kingsbury wants to run a million plays. He, he's the number two wide receiver there. So even if Hopkins, even if Hopkins doesn't go down, Kurt should see a lot of targets. I mean, I mean, he, he should be getting better. And, and if Hopkins did go down, he, like, he could be 
I don't know. He could, he could be really good, top 15 or something. I don't know. I, I'm going to start taking Christian Kirk a lot. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, too. Uh, it, Kirk is is going super late, and he's on an offense that has shown some um, propensity to explode. And he is going yeah. as wide receiver 58 at the 1503 in best ball drafts over the last week. That is right after Cole Beasley, Jameson Crowder, and Henry Ruggs. It is right before Marvin Jones, Rondale Moore, and McCole Hardman. So certainly a lot of upside in drafting Christian Kirk in a 15th round with your 15th round pick in FFPC best balls. Always a lot of upside. Anytime we get to pick the brain of Chris Kearney as he joined us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Won football guys drafts last year, won best ball drafts last year, and an FFPC High Stakes Dynasty title as well. Chris, can't thank you enough for carving out a little time on uh, this beautiful Friday evening here in, in spring. I wish you nothing but the best in all your best ball drafts, your football guys leagues, and, of course, with rookie drafts coming up, your dynasty leagues as well this season. Uh, appreciate you coming aboard, dude. Had a lot of fun, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Yeah, th- thanks a lot, guys. You know, it was great. Thank you, you know, thanks a lot for the invite. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. Absolutely. Um, yep. All right, look, looking forward Chris to Kurt- talking to you later. You got it. Chris Kearney, ladies and gentlemen, uh, good stuff from him. You want to talk about a guy. You know, a lot of times we have people on who've been very successful in football guys or very successful in best ball or very successful dynasty player. He's done it all, Farrell. He's, he's champion of, mm-hmm. of all three and looking for bigger and better things. I was talking to actually the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, uh, today about uh, Chris Kearney's appearance. And I told him, like, look, this is a guy who came in, you know, um, quiet, soft, um, had a little bit of success, and as you always say, expanded his territory last year, and it really paid off for him, and sometimes that's all it takes. Um, and then you're hooked, and, and, and you're being very successful and winning a lot of money every year. And I like what he said about starting at a lower entry point. You know, when the, that's the wisdom of the FFPC and, and what Dave and Alex have done is, is they, they followed the ambitions of the players and developed contests for the players to find their own way to move on into the big dollar contest. Whereas, you know, we all started with the big dollar contest and learned that <laughs> right, way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so it's, it's really great if someone looks at this and says, well, you know, most of my friends think I'm nuts for talking fantasy football in March but now I've found a home, and, then, and, you know, that's what Chris has done, and now he's been uh, very productive. And, and it, from what he's got to say tonight and how he answered these questions, I expect him to stay on top for a long time and have a, another very, very good year. You know what else is interesting about, about Chris Kearney, too, and, and this is something that makes his experience in the FFPC unique, as, as he told us tonight. He didn't come in as a best or a redraft player. He came in as a dynasty player. You know, he just wanted to play mm-hmm. some high stakes dynasty football, gets in with the FFPC, has some success there, decides to get in on the best ball and, and then the football guys draft. And, and I think, and, you know, Farrell, feel free to disagree with me if you want, but sometimes I think the players that come in like Chris with a dynasty background or having a, a, a dynasty mindset I think that makes your conviction stronger, even in redraft, you know, and, and I think that came through when we were talking to him tonight. He was a strong believer Thanks. in the players that, that he was acquiring. He was a strong believer in, in the players that, that he was drafting this year in best ball. And I think that um, 
you know, and he said too, like, I could be wrong about these guys, but these are the guys I'm going to battle with. He's getting his guys. This is what he's doing. And sometimes, you know, you know, clarity, conviction, you could be wrong, but I think having that is much better than being wishy-washy. Oh, yes. Uh, having, a, having a clear sense of what you want to accomplish. Flip it over. Take the daily game player coming to the FFPC. He's at a huge disadvantage because oh, yeah. what, what he thinks he knows is it has an expiration notice, you know, usually at the end of the fourth quarter. Your, your dynasty <laughs> player is looking forward, and, and when you look forward, you realize the value – of players as they ascend into the league. And, and that's, yeah, I see guys walking around the FFPC and they'll want to tell you and they'll say, oh, that player stinks. I'm never drafting him. I had him last year and he stinks. No, that player is very good. He was just in a real stinky situation. I let somebody else draft him and, and uh, reap the rewards. And, and, you know, Chris has got that all uh, figured out from his dynasty play. Geez, I wish I had played more dynasty. That's all I can tell you. Well, Farrell, you still have the chance. I'm just saying. Like, it's, it's not too mm-hmm. late for you. It's not too late for me. Um, and, and certainly uh, there's opportunities out there for anybody who wants to jump in. And, um, I, and you know, I, love, we have I, not- I love Chris's, Chris's attitude is when, when he said, you know, he's not the rocket scientist and he's, he's not the, uh, the professor. And he's, he said a lot of things he's, he's not. But let me tell you what, we could get all those guys together and none of them could fix my garage door. But, you know, with Chris, I got a fighting <laughs> chance of getting my garage door fixed. So, you know, and, you know, and, and he's, bring, yeah, he's bringing that same kind of fix-it mentality uh, to, to his FFPC teams. I have a, a buddy who um, his brother um, were, has worked for um, an overhead uh, door company here in northeast Wisconsin. Actually, he works out of Green Bay um, uh, for many, many years. He's already made three trips to my house fixing my garage door uh, because I cannot figure it out. And, and I would never say I'm, a, I'm an educated man either, but I can't even figure out my, my garage door at a minimum. You know, so anybody who can do that, clearly you are operating on a much higher intellect level than I will ever achieve. Yep. We have yep. been ignoring, not ignoring, we, we've run out of time several times the last, over the last three or four weeks uh, to get to emails. And I do want to get to some emails tonight from listeners here um, to, to make sure we're answering these questions this will um be if we can get to both of these the, the first two uh, i know two packer in the chat will enjoy this being uh he being a big chargers fan bill in columbus ohio writes dear bulky and Farrell. now that pep hamilton is heading out of los angeles how likely is a sophomore slump from justin herbert in 2021 that could potentially trickle down to the rest of the chargers offense you two are the best that is bill in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Farrell, I don't know how you feel about this because I, I, I've, I've read a lot of stuff. I've heard a lot of stuff. People praising what Pep Hamilton did for Justin Herbert in his rookie year. He is no longer there. Um, they, they have uh, Joe Lombardi taking over. What, what are your feelings on Herbert this year? Is, is he still going to have a pretty successful season or should you be drafting him and some other Chargers position players with some caution? No, draft. put caution aside and draft draft Justin with, with great expectations. It would be difficult for him to shoot past those rookie numbers, but he'll threaten those numbers, and with any luck, he can go beyond them. You know, Pep Hamilton, I, I really think, is on the run from the law. If you look at he never unpacks his suitcase. 
that man is is moved to more teams. So when <laughs> when he came there, you knew it was a sh- for like a short short period of time. So who's coming in? Shane Day's going to be a quarterback coordinator. Last time he did that, uh, Jimmy G took the Forty ers to the Super Bowl. Uh, he worked with Jimmy G that year, so that's a pretty good uh, situation. And then the OC comes in from uh, New Orleans. I've been waiting for him to have this kind of chance for years. Uh, that's Joe Lombardi, you know, and based on where you are, Balky, Lombardi's a pretty good name if you're going to be in football. So, you know, I think uh, Herbert's going to be just fine. Lombardi is a good name if you want to be in football. Lombardi is a good name if you want to be in Northeast Wisconsin because there has never been a Lombardi that has waited for one minute for a dining room table at any restaurant. There has never been a Lombardi that's ever been uh, given a traffic ticket up here. It's it's absolutely insane. And that is the last name you definitely want to have. Although yeah. uh, Holmgren and uh, Favre Rogers, they're all right up there as well as far as great last names to have here. Justin Herbert being drafted as quarterback seven at the end of the fifth round. This is right behind Deshaun Watson and right ahead of the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. Let's go on to the next email here. Um, Speaking of Joe Lombardi, Al in Denver, I saw Joe Lombardi's comments about comparing Austin Eckler's skill set to Alvin Kamara's. After what we've seen Mm -hmm. Eckler accomplish even Mm -hmm. without Lombardi, does Eckler deserve to be drafted in the top five of FFPC drafts now. That is Al in Denver. Al, thank you for the email. Now, Eckler is not being drafted there uh, as far as FFPC drafts go. I don't know if he will ascend there at any point this summer, but currently going at the 203 as running back 10. That's right behind Chubb and Cam Akers. It's right ahead of uh, Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. Farrell, how are you handling Austin Eckler in drafts? And I'll, I'll just be honest with you right away. My last Kentucky draft I did, I had the 10th overall pick. I had no problems taking Austin Eckler at the 110. Oh, if you if you draw a double-digit number in the draft and Austin Eckler's there, you're crazy not to take him. And you can move him up as far as you want to. Kentucky's format, FFPC's format, it doesn't make any difference. Have you ever thought about going up to someone that took Austin Eckler and saying, man, I wouldn't have taken Eckler there? No way. You know, he, he can go anywhere he wants in the draft. And I think you've just sort of let the cat out of the bag, Balky, is, is we're going to see him we're going to see him move up. You know, those are strong positions. How do you look past Derrick Henry? Uh, you know, you, you're definitely not going to move him in front of Kamara. Uh, Kelsey will be gone in the FFPC. So he's going to stay a bargain, I think. And, uh yeah, it's pretty exciting. Makes me want to see those Chargers play. Oh, you and me both, my friend. Absolutely, especially now that I, I have a vested interest in it uh, for Eckler, uh, no question. Final email of the night I want to get to, um, and this is uh, another AFC West question. Mike in Los Angeles writes, unless the Broncos somehow get the Sean Watson, am I better off staying away from Noah Fant at his current FFPC best ball draft price. Mike in Los Angeles, we certainly appreciate the email. For uh, context sake, for the listeners, I can tell everybody right now that Noah Fant is the tight end six going at the 607 in FFPC best ball. Farrell, I mean, that, that doesn't seem too rich for me. I don't know if I'm necessarily on board with it. There, I, I think I like Dallas Goddard a little bit better um, at that mm-hmm. same spot. I can certainly wait another round and take Logan Thomas. Um, Fant, I don't know, because that Denver offense, I, I, I am a little cautious approaching it. Okay. Well, with Noah Fant, what you know you've got, Balky, is a player that uh, is still coming into his own. 
this guy's not even 24 years old yet. And, and I tell you where Noah Fan impressed me. Uh, yeah, he moved to 62 balls, uh, caught last year, only three touchdowns, 62 catches. They have a PC format that's going to reward you. It's going to reward you better this year than Goddard and would have even last year. Um, mm. His combine numbers were fantastic, and you can see that in his play. But if you watch this guy closely, he had a high ankle sprain. He got it in week 10. He continued to play for the year. What's the best ability in fantasy football? Availability. People sit around and say, oh, all my guys got injured. Well, if you had no offense, he was injured too, but he kept playing, which means he's tough as nails and he's got respect in that organization and respect in that locker room. He's got receivers that are going to stretch the field. And he's got a young quarterback, nah, you know, but they get Watson or whatever. It's, it's probably a pipe dream. But he's got a young quarterback that's going to have a training camp this year and won't be having a new system installed with casual get-togethers in the park. This team had a lot of things going against it last year. The one thing the Broncos will always have going for them uh, is no offense. I can't get any more excited about this player, and I'm not going to worry about taking him in the sixth round because I believe he should be going higher, and he'll be one of the guys that we're, we're talking about. Um, yeah, he may supplant Andrews, as as the tight end four off the board this time next year. Mm. Uh, okay, so clearly I'm going to have to reevaluate my stance on Noah Fant after hearing one yes. of the most respected names, at least in my mind, and I think in, in the fantasy football industry in general, uh, talk up Noah Fant. I, I think I may have to look at this again, Farrell. You know, the great thing about this is, is you and I get a chance to flesh this kind of stuff out each and every single week uh, over the course of the season, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And spoiler alert, we'll be doing it a day early. You ready to talk fantasy football on Thursday next week as opposed to Friday? Thursday night's best night of the week. That's when the NFL starts their week. I love starting on Thursday night. It's a special thing. It is a special thing. And, and we do have a special episode coming up on Thursday. Episode 500 of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Very Please. excited. We, we might have a couple of special guests on there. I don't know yet. I don't want to promise anything that we can't deliver on. But it will be a fun Thursday night, Farrell. I will talk to you then for sure. I look forward to it. Remember to follow Farrell on Twitter at Elliott. Remember to sign up for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Remember, online classics, online draft masters, and, of course, the live event going on in both Cincinnati and Louisville coming up in August. I'll be there. It's always a fun time, and it's always a fun time hanging out with you guys here on Friday nights on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Now, I will say this as, as we move forward. First of all, I want to send out a, a thank you to Chris Kearney, tonight's guest, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening live or for downloading it later. Always appreciate you guys carving out some time in your schedule to listen to our little dog and pony show here. Now, no show next Friday, but we will be on on Thursday. We don't want to go head-to-head with the NCAA tournament. So next Thursday at 10, 9 Central, it is the Season 10 premiere of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and it is also episode number 500. Yeah, that's right. It's our 500th episode, and we're kicking off our 10th year of doing this thing, which is so exciting uh, to, to, to be able to, to continue to do this each and every 
Friday night, next next week, Thursday, obviously. Uh, but we will have a blast on that night. Uh, hopefully you can join us live for it. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you haven't yet, register for those best ball leagues and Dynasty Orphans today uh, at myffpc.com. And don't forget about the Dynasty startups that are going on. Those just got launched about a week and a half ago. Um, the uh, 2021 Football Guys Early Bird is live. You want a free $35 team credit with the FFPC? Make sure you're taking advantage of that as well. Don't forget about the KFFSC podcast, obviously with Farrell Elliott and, of course, Rob Fetcher, former guest of this show. You can check that out on Anchor as well as anywhere you get podcasts. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I would say it's a it's a dead period in fantasy football, but I mean I can't remember the last time we've had so much going on. Obviously with the football guys early bird, obviously with dynasty startups starting um, at so many different levels that we didn't have last year, and so many orphans out there too. I mean, I, and I can't stress this enough: there are a lot of good teams at cheap prices, and it's not because you know people abandoned them because they they had no hope in the team. Life gets in the way sometimes. Take advantage of it. Grab one of these Orphan Dynasty teams out there as well. Thanks to Frederick the Younger for the outro music. Remember to check out their music at frederickthejounger.com or anywhere you download MP3s. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Thursday, 10, 9 Central, episode 500. Have a good one, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.